0: Good afternoon. Welcome to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'll be your host until the 4 o'clock hour. I've got a really interesting guest today. We're going to talk about a, a real fascinating segment of local business. And I'm going to warm that up with a little bit of an article I brought for your education and entertainment. This guest is a very a uh, well-knowledgeable person in the auto care industry. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. I wanted to open up with a little bit of information about uh, auto repair industry statistics because I know that every time I go to get my car repaired, number one, I'm not a mechanic myself, so I always have to pay someone to do that kind of work for me. And it's nice to know that locally there is a place that you can trust I've been going to this shop that we're going to be talking uh, to the mechanic here in just a little while. And it's nice to know that I've got a place that I can go and I can trust somebody to not uh, do things wrong. Sometimes I'll have a repair that's, of course, more expensive than I thought. But uh, there's been many times with this particular shop that I've gone in and uh, something that I was worried about that was going to be pretty serious. In fact, I tell you a little story. I had a I have a Buick that I inherited from my dad that I drive as kind of a daily driver. It was like sputtering on the freeway, and I thought that it was going to be some huge, expensive problem that I was probably going to have to junk this car because it's like a, it's a 2003, but it's got like 140,000 miles. At the time, it was new. It was a pretty expensive, top-of-the-line Buick, but now it's just an older driver that I use. But the real good thing about this place that I take my cars to is that it turned out it was just one spark plug misfiring. And even though they recommended that I do a full-blown tune-up, I chose to just keep it running because, like I say, I don't take it far at all. It's a daily driver, mainly just for commuting to work. And I got out of that shop with the thing running really well, and this has been a couple of months now, and it was only $140, including labor. And I'm like, you know, this is the kind of thing that makes me realize that I have found... A real good quality place to take my cars, and I can trust that when the repair needs to be done, they'll tell me what I need to do and they'll give me the straight story. And they always leave it up to me. I mean, of course, if it's a if I get another $1,100 quote for anything for that type of car, that's where I may make that decision to just get rid of the car. Obviously, if a car is only worth a thousand dollars, I don't think it's smart to put it like another $1,100. Um, giant uh, work job like a fuel pump or something into something like that. So what I did bring is uh, there's some interesting statistics about uh, auto repair that I found today that I printed out. It's from, it's from uh, summer of 2017, but I'm sure it's still pretty a- applicable. But uh, the main uh, interesting things are the purchasing dollars of automotive repair crash parts are, are 31%. Now uh, the the place we're going to be talking about a lot today, uh, we'll talk about what they do. They aren't really a body shop; they're more of a vehicle repair shop. But it turns out that parts are the biggest one, and of course, those are the interesting thing about that is, I would guess that those type of parts are the kind that go through insurance. So, in other words, if you take your car to a body shop after an accident and the insurance company's paying for it that makes those parts possibly a little more expensive because they're not actually most people who go to get their car fixed after an accident have insurance. They're not paying out of pocket for those parts. So that's kind of interesting. But then uh, paint is 21% of the services. Uh, Refinishing is 15%. Repair materials is only 8%. Mechanical parts, eight tools are 7% and equipment 6%. So that's what the automotive industry spends, but um, the average annual salary for employees. Well, we're not going to get that personal today, but nationwide, it's oh, it's it's a range. Uh, entry level says twenty eight thousand. Uh, top of the line goes up to fifty. Uh, but uh, there's two hundred and twenty four thousand employees in the automotive repair field, which is uh, quite a few. And then, uh, the, of course, the states with the most, uh, California, Texas, Florida, that kind of makes sense. But what I found interesting was the most common repairs and uh, the most expensive repair. That would be, and we'll check with Jason here in a minute on that, remove cylinder and expect for faulty components, replace as necessary, $8,200. And the least expensive auto repair is inspect gas cap Tighten or replace as needed for three bucks. So I could probably even tighten someone's gas cap for three dollars. That that's that's something I could even handle. So uh, our my guest today is Jason Snelson. He's a certified mechanic at Scott and what's the official name? Scott and Smitty's. Scott and Scott and Smitty's. Scott and Smitty's, mm-hmm. and they are at the corner of Cohasset near the corner of Cohasset and East. Yes, and. That location, you've been there now three or four
1: years? Um, going on six years right now. Oh, six now. years. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they used to be over near
0: the Walgreens area. Correct. Right. And this new place is even nicer than that. So I've been going there forever, like I was saying. So Jason, uh, tell us a little bit about your background. We're going to talk about where you work in a little bit, but uh, you've been working on cars for quite some time.
1: Yeah, it's been about 30 years.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> And you started back in high school? Yes. Yeah, and what, what was that like? Where, were, where was that?
1: Um, actually, my last two years of high school, my junior and senior year, I uh, was in a military school in West Germany in Würzburg. And um, I was actually supposed to graduate a year early, so, but they didn't want to let me out of school early, so I got to work in the motor pool oh. for 90% of the time for my last year of uh, high school. So
0: the motor pool would be, what, school cars and uh, military cars?
1: Yeah, it was on the military base. And and the funny thing is, is actually, even though it was on the American military base, it was run by Germans. Oh. So I picked up a little German while I was there. And but was
0: it German cars or American cars or both?
1: It was a little of both, mainly BMW, Mercedes, and then I worked on big deuce and halves and oh. stuff like that.
0: Oh, wow. Too. So, so now in your work today, of course, you work on... Now, that's the other thing. Let's talk about Scott & Smitty's a little bit. Mm -hmm. You've been uh, doing this for 30 years. 15 of those years has been at Scott & Smitty's.
1: Yes, yes it has.
0: So you guys work on foreign and domestic.
1: Yes, we work on them all.
0: And and you are one of the few full-service shops in Chico. Is that right?
1: Yeah, we're one of the last that you can get everything done from getting a tire repair to getting tires, to getting alignments, engines, transmissions, a lot of shops you go to um, do a wide range of repair, but not all of them do everything, and they usually have to send you away for tires or something else. Right. We can do it all in-house.
0: Right. Now, at Scott & Smitty's, uh, you... I mean, what's your most common situation? What what do you see the most often? Just general repair? I mean, is there anything you could say is common maybe to the North Valley, the overheating issues maybe or something like that? The
1: summertime we get a lot of overheating issues, and, of course, air conditioning is the number one.
0: Now, Um, how often can you go get your air conditioner fixed and it's a simple act of adding Freon or something? I mean, what would you say the percentage is because – I happen to have an old car that doesn't have the air working well, and I'm wondering what my odds are if I bring it in.
1: Well, a lot of times um, uh, an automotive air conditioner is just like your house, your refrigerator, like everything, except your house and your fridge don't bounce up and down the road. So they are normal to lose a little bit of Freon over the years. So to need a recharge after five, six years is not uncommon. And I would say probably... Well over 50% of the cars we do just need a normal recharge. Oh, great. It's not an actual issue.
0: That's good. I know that if you do have a major problem with your air conditioning system, it can usually be fairly expensive. Is that kind of normal?
1: Yes, it can, because usually when there's a a problem, it's a breakdown of the compressor, and it contaminates the system, and you have to clean it all, and yeah. Right, it's It's quite a bit of work. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, one of the things that is something that, everybody wonders about is those hourly rates when you go to get a quote for some labor and you know the part might only be $20 but of course the labor is quite a bit especially if there's a lot of sometimes you have to remove other parts to get to another part i know i have a Camaro where the fuel pump is behind the gas tank or something and it's inside of it yeah yes. it's a mess mm-hmm. but what, how would you describe that? How would you explain to people why those hourly labor rates are they seem pretty high?
1: Um, they do seem high. We get compared to attorneys, a lot <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> doctors. Right. Um, well, the shop for one has to have a lot of equipment, and the equipment is very expensive, and each technician has his own tools that they buy. I have over well over 100,000 dollars in tools myself. Oh, just that you own yourself. That, that I own myself.
0: Now, do you yes. take those down to the shop, or those are they? Your... they
1: they're my tools, but they stay at the shop. Oh, okay, right. So
0: you can use the tools you're you you're familiar with. Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah. But there's a lot of
0: computerized tools nowadays, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. There is. Yeah. We deal uh, with the cars so advanced today. We had to we had to move over to lab scopes, which we can we can um, look at electricity. Down to the millionth of a second to look for problems because some cars will have little glitches and they're really hard to catch. And of course, that equipment's expensive too.
0: Right. So, what of the old, the days of that old time? What was that old timing machine where the light, the strobe light oh, flashes? The, yeah. The, Do they the, still use that on the fan or
1: whatever? Um, yeah, the old timing guns. Yeah. Um, not really, not not so much since uh, the early '90s. It's pretty much gone.
0: Yeah, because it's all more, more electronic.
1: Yeah, it's all computer controlled.
0: Now, one thing I've uh, one thing I've noticed, and I always need help with it, and I'm wondering how Scott and Smitty's handles this, because I've known you guys for so long. When I go in, you know, you guys know me well, and I've been there for years. Mm-hmm. Let's say someone's driving down the street and their service engine light comes on. Okay. You have the equipment to plug that in and tell them what that light is telling them. Yes. Okay. Yes, that's we do. So you've got that there. Oh yeah, that's yeah. pretty common these days, it's, right? I mean, it's, it's very common. Yeah. And so in an average new car, what's there? Probably about a thousand different codes that could come out of a reading.
1: Um. Yes there there are hundreds of codes, and then when you get into the more sophisticated cars like the hybrids, they have even more.
0: I noticed that you have a sign there that says you work on hybrids.
1: Yes, we do. Wow. Yeah, not not many people do, and um, it's uh, it, it's kind of odd. I, I took training in it myself, and um, it was a great class. I took it out of Butte College, and it was seventeen weeks. And the teacher uh, he had gone to most of the dealership training, like Toyota, Ford, and and uh, Hyundai, and everybody right. else. And he passed that along, and the funny thing is is the most any technician at a dealership that does hybrids, the most they get is one week of training. Whoa. That's it. And we've had 17 weeks, so um, great class, um, and which also makes it not afraid to work on because hybrids have been known to kill technicians.
0: Because, because of the batteries. The high the, voltage, yeah. Right. When you work on a hybrid, I was going to say, do you, do you work on the all-electric or the hybrids?
1: Is there a di- There is a difference, right? There is a difference between the, the full electrics, like which Tesla is like, like Tesla and LEAF. Yes. Yeah. Um, we still work on the LEAFs and oh, stuff like do? that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about the Volt? Is that a hybrid or an all-electric? Um, they have both. Oh, They have okay. one that runs pure electric and one that's both gas and electric. Oh, wow.
0: But in Chico now, I, I, I'm i always looking around because I drive every day back and forth to work. I I mean, I see a good amount of hybrids, but nothing like you see down in the Bay Area and Southern California as far as like Teslas and things like that. I mean, yes. But are you seeing more and more? Are they becoming more they, visible?
1: Yeah, we've been seeing Priuses, of course, for a long time. Right. But they've even gotten bigger. And we are finally starting to see more. We're starting to see a lot more of the Fords, um, hybrids, right. and um, yeah, it is increasing quite a okay. bit. Okay,
0: that's good. Well, now that gas is shooting up again towards four dollars instead of three, that's going to make that even more, more of a choice for yeah. people. I'm starting to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> when I do need a new car, which I always hate to do because I've got enough older cars that are still running pretty well. I. I just look at that, that extra $10,000 buys a lot of gasoline. That's the way I always look at it when I'm comparing prices.
1: And, and that's true. And the hybrids are actually, people are afraid of them because.
0: We're coming up on that first break. We're going to be right back with Jason Snelson from Scott and Smitty's. This is business buzz. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. It's time for Patrick Ranch Museum's 16th Annual Old Fashioned Country Fair in Threshing Bee, June 9th from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Located on the midway between Chico and Durham. Enjoy a tractor and draft horse parade, old fashioned weed harvest, dog demonstrations, children's activities, grand farmhouse tours, food court, live music, and train rides. Tickets are $5. Children 12 and under are $2. Patrick Ranch Museum's 16th Annual Old Fashioned Country Fair. June 9th from 9 to 4. For more information, call 342-4359
1: or visit patrickranchmuseum.org. Come check out the 16th Annual Old Fashioned Country Fair and Threshing Bee at Patrick Ranch this Saturday from 9 to 4. For more information, you can call 342-4359. just received news that Chlorina and Sludge have been
0: captured for impersonating spring water. Let's now go to our field reporter, Al wet.
1: Once again, Bob the Drop saves the world from fake water and... Oh, here's Bob now. Bob, do you have anything to say? Well, Chlorina and Sludge from Tapopolis are the worst. Why would you want wannabe water when you can have the best tasting water delivered right to your door? Anyone can get Mount Shasta Springwater if they call us at 1-800-922-6227.
0: Pure and simple. Naturally the best. Mount Shasta Springwater. Welcome back to Business Buzz. This is Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'm so glad you have a chance to spend part of your afternoon with me. And Jason Snelson from Scott and & Smitty's. And let's talk a little bit about Scott & Smitty's. Now, I've been going there for years and years. I've been back in Chico since I graduated. I went to the Bay Area and worked for a few years. Then uh, got married down there and came back up here, oh, around 1990-ish. and I went a little while using uh, dealers because I think at the time I had a newer uh, Chevrolet or whatever, but I did find Scott and Smitty's and ever since I found them, I've pretty much stayed with them because of the great service. Uh, Like I say, the fair assessments of everything and they just go out of their way to make sure you're treated really well. So tell us a little bit about that history. Now I knew Scott quite a bit he mm-hmm. passed away a couple years ago, I believe. Yes, he did. And Scott and Smitty's were the old partners in the original days. Yes, they were. So they came up from Los Angeles?
1: Yes. And, yeah, in 1985. They oh, 85. Mm-hmm. They oh. opened the shop in 85, um, or Scott, of course, and Smitty was uh, his wife Becky's father. Oh, wow. And uh, they ran it for 15 years together, and then right. Smitty retired.
0: Oh, okay. And that's around the time you started. Yeah. Right. And I know you go through people here and there, but as far as Scott and Smitty's, when you do need to find a new mechanic, what's that like these days in the job search when you guys need to get some new help?
1: Well, I was quite surprised because back in my day, you always had, in the 80s and 90s, you had eight or 10 people applying for one job at least trying to get it. And we've been... Trying to find another tech right now because we lost a really good tech because he lives so far away and he found a job closer. Right, and uh, um, I think we've had four applicants in the last three months.
0: That's I want. And what do you attribute that to? They're not getting educated? No, you said you even went out to Butte College to talk to the grads.
1: Yeah, I went to their the automotive graduation. And most of them already had jobs. And the big problem is, is since the uh, baby boomers are retiring, for every three, mecha- uh, yeah, every three mechanics that retire, there's only one technician being brought into the, the system. Brought right, into right. the system.
0: That's amazing. And so you so it's actually difficult to find good people to do this automotive repair.
1: Yeah, and it's and it's a lot tougher now than the old days because it's. Uh, originally, when I started, um, it was considered an unskilled trade back right. in the 80s. Right. And now it's considered a profession and highly skilled. And right. sometimes that scares people, I guess. But with Butte College, they have technicians every year. You think it would be easier for us to find somebody, wow. but it's, it's not.
0: Yeah. So there's probably a, a lot of other shops in the north state that also need to find good technicians. Yes. So they're eating them up when they come out of school. Yes, they are. Wow. Now, uh, working at – now, tell us some of the things about Scott and Smitty's. Now, you guys are – you you do smog, of course. Yes. And are are you a special certification on that?
1: Yes, we are a star-certified smog station. That's a a name from the Bureau of Automotive Repair. Um, To be a star station, you have to um, uh, excel – they, they keep records of everything we do, repairs, right. smogs, everything. And right. once you once you get to that higher standard, you can become a star station. There's very, very few, few of them. There used to be over 50 smog stations in Chico, and I think there's only three or four star stations. That's
0: amazing. I know when I, like I say, i and you know, I have some older cars and I just kind of enjoy the old 80s cars still when I can, but... One of the little headaches once in a while is that smog check on an older car.
1: Yes, it is. So <laughs> what's
0: that year of the cutoff where you don't have to smog them anymore?
1: Um, right now, it's 75 and older. Okay. Do they up
0: that every year? Or?
1: Originally, they were going to about 15 years ago. And then at the last moment when it was supposed to go up, they decided not to. But the new plan is as soon as the um, the older cars get to a just a – Certain percentage a smaller of percentage a smaller of the percentage, total. they're going to exempt everything from 95 on back.
0: Oh, well,
1: that's kind of nice. Yeah, that's expected within five years.
0: Oh, okay, because it's just the low numbers, they don't worry that much when there's that few, right?
1: Right, right. It's not much pollutants when you only have a handful of the cars,
0: right? One thing I noticed about the hybrids, and it's really doesn't apply to us this far north, but in the Bay Area and in LA you automatically get to ride in the diamond lane if you have an electric car or, or a hybrid. Yes. So a lot of people in Southern California, not only are they saving on gas, but they're getting to ride in the diamond lane, which saves them a fortune in time and all that.
1: Yeah, California is really promoting the hybrids. Right. And that's one right. way, of course. So.
0: Right. Yeah, I know one of my clients was a, he was a finance guy down in the wine country for a dealer, a Nissan dealer. Mm -hmm. And when the leaf first came out, one of his clients was Francis Ford Coppola because his vineyard is off the grid with, you know, no electricity from PG and E or whatever. Right. And so one night it was Oscar night and my client got a call on his cell phone and Francis was asking him how to do something with his car that he couldn't figure out. (laughs) So that was kind of interesting. That's, I don't know anybody who owns a leaf myself. I do know a couple of clients who have Teslas, mm-hmm. but I've been talking about Elon Musk and Tesla here in the business section of some of my shows, and it's not going real well at Tesla. I I don't think it's a wise investment at this point to buy that car, bottom line.
1: Yeah, it's had its its ups and downs.
0: Yeah, and it crashes and it's fires. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't mean to scare people, but the other story I read was, one guy had a accident, like in the front corner of his car, and the estimate to fix the metal and maybe part of the engine mount or something was like seven thousand um, dollars.
1: It wouldn't surprise me.
0: There's so the so insurance mu- is so like five or six hundred a month because of this problem of how expensive the repair would be.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: I have a couple of clients who drive Teslas, and you know, more power to them if if they can afford it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So, so you went you were doing uh, car repair in high school. Is that kind of where you learned, or did you have a dad that taught you in the driveway?
1: No, my dad was a teacher. Oh, okay, so, yeah, so in, you didn't learn cars at home. No, it's just something I, I, I picked up on my own because I, I worked and saved money for my own car, and I couldn't afford to pay anybody, you know right. so I so did you,
0: did you ever since you started in high school working on cars, did you realize you really enjoyed it? Did you know you yes. wanted to do
1: that? Yes, I did. Oh, wow. I was taking an automotive course in high school also, and then working in the motor pool. and yeah, I decided that's what I wanted to do. And then when I came back to the States, I did get through the whole Butte College Trade School program.
0: So did you come back to the United States soon after high school, or did you live in Europe for a while?
1: No, I was only there for two years.
0: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Now, what are, what are some of the more interesting things that happen when you see all these cars come through the shop? I mean... What do you enjoy the most? Is there certain jobs you enjoy, like a re, like a, I don't know, tune-ups? I mean, what do you like
1: doing? I, I'm, I'm considered a drivability tech. I, I like doing electrical computer work. Um, I'm the person, when you have that problem, your car every once in a while shakes or does something odd. I, I dig up those problems. That's what I really like to do.
0: So like shocks and suspension, you, you work on that side of it too?
1: Um, I actually do it all. Okay. Um, but I I, I stayed closer to the computer, smog, oh, okay. and that right, stuff. Right,
0: right. And how much of this involves gas efficiency when you help people do? A lot of times it's going to change their miles per gallon after you get done with some of this work, like yeah. timing and all that?
1: Yeah, um, maintenance is key keeping the miles per gallon, right? If you keep your oil changes up and like at our shop, which I'm, we're the only shop that I know that does this, but when we do an oil change, we rotate your tires. And, um, usually most shops charge extra for that, but, um, that keeps your tires in good shape. We keep them inflated. If you have one tire loses 15 pounds, you can drop mileage two to three miles a gallon. Wow. You know? Yeah. And nowadays
0: that means a lot more Yes, when it's four bucks, it's almost four dollars now. <laughs> yeah, I traveled to Southern California some, and uh, my son's down there, and I think it's creeping up to three ninety nine at the cheaper spots down there. Wow! So we're on our second break. We're going to be right back talking more automotive stuff from the North State's premier auto shop, Scott and Smitty's. This is Harold Littlejohn, CPA. We'll be right back on Business Buzz. How are you going to get to the Sacramento Airport? Use North Valley Shuttle. It's easy online at NorthValleyShuttle.com. Don't be that person who bugs their friends or family to take you. Book online right now at NorthValleyShuttle.com. North Valley Shuttle has added new departure and arrival times each week for your convenience. Serving Chico, Paradise, Oroville, Gridley, Live Oak, and Yuba City Marysville. North Valley Shuttle gets you there quickly and safely. Leave the car at home and let NorthValleyShuttle.com do the driving. License PSC 20791. Chico's Auto Masters would like to remind listeners that we depend on our military overseas to serve and protect our nation, so honor them with a gift from home. If you don't know what, where, or how to send a package to our troops, just call your local veterans organization or type military care package into any search engine. This message is from Chico's Auto Masters, 1334 Park Avenue in Chico, reminding everyone that we live in the land of the free, thanks to the brave.
1: When you go through your refrigerator, it's bound to happen. Past the ketchup bottle, the milk, the cheese, and leftovers from the restaurant, you find it. Uh. Food that should have been tossed out three weeks ago. It's just hiding back there unnoticed until it's too late. Well, some things never get old. Like the good news of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Well, after 2,000 years, it still doesn't have mold on it. Thanks for supporting our ministries so that we can get the message out to others who need that eternal life. Tell your friends about Life Radio, KKXX, AM and FM.
0: Welcome back to Business Buzz. This is Harold Littlejohn, CPA. Glad you have time to spend some time with me this afternoon. Uh, Myself and uh, Jason Snelson from Scott & Smitty's. They pretty much do it all. Now, the certifications that the technicians really need to get, like you were saying uh, off the air when we were talking, you don't have to be certified to work for a mechanic shop.
1: No, you don't.
0: But the certifications that you have have been pretty intensive over the years. Is that right?
1: Yes. Yes, they have. And uh, there's
0: various types of certifications. I mean, there's like numerous, right?
1: Yeah. there's there's Well, there's numerous licensing, and then there's also uh, certifications, which there's only a couple of those that certify a mechanic in certain areas. And those are always good to look for if you go to a shop to see if they're ASE certified.
0: And ASE is like the organization that... Watchdogs, all these things.
1: Automotive service excellence, yes. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. I noticed those are all a lot of plaques on the wall at Scott and Smitty's. I've yes. seen those, yeah. And then, of course, the brakes and lamps and all that, you're all certified for those.
1: Yeah, we're licensed for that. So if somebody has a car that is taken out of, say, a wrecking yard, they have to be recertified for brakes and lamps and smog. We do all three of them. And I don't think there's any – I'm not sure, but I don't think there's any more shops that do brake and lamp wow. except for us.
0: yeah. Now, dealerships, some of those do a lot of things. Yes. But sometimes they don't work on all brands. Is that, I mean, how does that go usually? Do
1: you know? No, they usually won't work out
0: of their brand. Right. So if you go to like, for instance, I'll you know, i just mention a name because everybody knows Whitmire. Mm-hmm. They have Ford, Chevy, and Honda, right, mainly? Yes. Mm-hmm. So if you drive a, what, Hyundai or Kia, they might work on it, they might not? Is that...
1: If it's basic maintenance, they'll probably do it. So right. oil changes, maybe a tune-up or something. Right. But if
0: there's anything weird going on, if it's warranty work, you definitely wouldn't want to go there.
1: Oh, no. Yeah. No. Now,
0: the other thing about Scott and Smitty's, and you know more about it than I do, and you're not even probably doing the office work all day, so you might not know, but I have had some used car warranties that I've purchased for some of the cars I bought. Oh, yeah. And you guys run that through also. So mm-hmm. So if somebody has a... Warranty, they bought one of the – they call it aftermarket warranty. Yes. You guys know how to work with those, get it lined up.
1: Yeah, we work with those um, they're insurance companies right. for aftermarket right. warranty. Yeah, and, we work with them directly, and right. it works out pretty well.
0: So the customer can come to you, and you will deal with that insurance company. You'll find out what's offered through their plan once the client – because I've done that with you guys. Yes. I bring in my plan papers, and you guys do all the phone oh. calling and the heavy – Heavy heavy lifting basically. Yeah,
1: all the leg work, and then we'll call you back with what they're what gonna they cover. say, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. Because you can't tell them that
0: they're going to cover the whole thing, right? right? <laughs> what I have noticed about those is they come in handy sometimes, but I haven't been unlucky enough to have a huge, like five thousand dollar engine problem. Mm-hmm. So I've never really recouped my twenty four hundred bucks or whatever I spent. But it's nice to know it's there sometimes. Yeah, That they, they can be good yeah. insurance. Yeah, it's good in case you have a large problem. Correct. I do remember one of the fixes I did through that. Uh, it was about a five or six hundred dollar repair, but they only covered like three hundred of it.
1: Yeah, that. But would, it still
0: still helps.
1: Yeah, they're a little finicky on what they cover. Right. Sometimes, and I'm sure
0: the fine print's all there. But you know, when you're excited about buying a car, yeah, you're not reading through twenty pages of small print. That's true. So the Butte College Trade School. So even though you're, um, I mean, you know, you're a uh, you're a grown person. We don't discuss age on Business Buzz. Because <laughs> I, I don't want to get into that. Yeah. <laughs> so you still go to Butte College then a decent amount when these when these courses come up. Is that well, right?
1: When they offer certain courses, and of course it usually has to be at night. Um, the hybrid course I took for seventeen weeks. They actually offered it only one year at night and now it's part of the day program but yes if they have other classes update courses right that are yeah.
0: useful for you and right.
1: yeah i'm sure to go
0: right and because with all the new cars coming out there are new things happening all the time
1: yeah it's 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 like i used to tell people you know they wonder why we can't f- sometimes they don't understand that um sometimes it takes a lot of work to figure out what's going on with these new cars and you have to explain to people sometimes well It's like a doctor. They have two models to work on. We get new models every year.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good way to look at
1: it. Yeah.
0: Now, when when you do get these certifications, you have to keep them up every once in a while. They make you renew those. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Our um, ASE certifications, um, I have all of them, which makes me a master tech. And um, I have to do those every five years. And then, like, my smog license and my break and lamp license, I, we do every two years.
0: So to be a master tech, you have to have all of the ASE certifications?
1: Yeah. Well, there's eight ASE certifications to become a master tech, and then um, I also have some extras that are called L1 and L3, which is I'm certified in hybrid and, and in advanced emission control and computer control work.
0: Oh. Now, at Scott & Smitty's... Um, Right now there's you and two other full-time guys that are always kind of there every day. Is that
1: right? We have Lewis up front right, and he's the general manager. Right. And of course he's been a technician for Lewis and I went to school together a long oh. time ago. We're, we're both natives here. I mean, right. I, I grew up in Chico except for my two years in Europe. Right. And, um, and he's a great technician. Yeah, no, he's,
0: I, I really like it. I mean, I know so little about cars, I have to trust you guys, but I really like the approach and how you handle everything. Yeah, yeah. And, and he'll he... find the part he needs. If he... There's been times where I've asked him, it's like I don't want to spend 800 on the factory version of this catalytic converter. Is there an aftermarket? And he'll take the time to find out and sometimes I end up saving a couple hundred bucks.
1: Yeah, yeah, he will take the time, and he he tries he tries to give everybody options. Right, you know which way to go, and he tries to guide you which way's better, and this and that, and and he does a great job. Plus, he speaks Spanish.
0: Right. So that, yeah. So say habla español at yeah.
1: Scott and Smitty's. Yes. The
0: uh, the other I was talking about that one repair just a couple months ago when I when my Buick started sputtering, I was really worried, and it was just so good of Lewis, to figure that out, that we did the one spark plug thing. I actually remember
1: that. Yeah, yeah I did that, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm
0: sure you were there probably in the, in, the, yeah. in, the, in the shop doing it. And it's been running great. And like since I told Lewis, I just said, you know, I don't even take this thing out of town anymore. Once in a while, it'll go on the freeway between East First Avenue and the Skyway. But, you know, it doesn't go that far because it's it's getting older. But just to know that you have a mechanic who would actually tell you that as far as if I had gone to some new place, they may have just said, oh, you got to have a full-blown, what, 600 What's a tune-up these days for a V8? Um, no,
1: this is a V6. Yours is a V6, yeah. yeah. Um, it would probably be $350, 400 at least. At least, right. At least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then if you had the additional little tune-up stuff, yeah, you'd get up to 600
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing I did notice about that car of mine is I actually, my— I worked for my dad. He was an accountant down in the East Bay. Mm-hmm. And I actually when he was getting older and retired, I actually did his tax for the last year or two uh, before he passed away. And what was amazing was I actually saw the purchase price of the car I was going to drive. A oh, really? Buick. Because he had written it off for part, you know, part business. Mm-hmm. That car in 03 was over fifty thousand dollars sticker price. The Buick, the Buick Park wow. Avenue Ultra. Oh. Well, it's the top of the line. It is the very top. But it's top still of the your line. Buick sedan. I mean, it's not that wonderful of a car.
1: <laughs> it is the top of the line, right? Though. It was
0: the top of the line. And what I remember about that car about two or three years ago is the fuel pump went out, and if it had been the regular V6 Buick, it would have been a five or six hundred dollar repair. But since it was the turbo version of the V6, which does have pretty good horsepower. Yes, they do. It uh, it was like an eleven hundred dollar fuel pump, and that's just part of having a turbo engine.
1: That's because they're 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 so rare. Right, there aren't that many. There's not that many of them. You
0: know, I've actually looked it up on eBay to see what those sell for, and they they actually get, they garner a decent amount on some of them. Mm-hmm. But yes, you know, with with one hundred and forty thousand, you really start declining in price. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you do. But no, it it is actually I love it because the air and the heat work great, and so when you're in Chico, you got to have good air. Oh yes, and it still blows freezing cold air. So until that goes out, I'm doing everything I can to keep it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, what kind of car does a mechanic drive for his daily use?
1: Well, it's kind of funny. I don't have a car. <laughs> oh, okay. You <laughs> my, you know better. Yeah. <laughs> now my wife has a car, and and um. See, I actually only live uh, a 12-minute walk from work.
0: Oh, you can actually, that's the perfect situation. You can actually walk to work.
1: Yeah, I I can walk to work, and I do some work for a used car dealer, and I do a lot of computer work, like I was saying, and I have to do a lot of test driving, so they just let me take a car home.
0: Oh, okay, so you can usually get a car when you need one. Yeah. And then your wife has a car when you need them for the family. Right. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of a Chico kind of thing, you know. Being the, do you ride a bike? Is that something you?
1: I wish do a I lot did of? more. Yeah, I yeah. wish I did more. Yeah, I have a Zap, uh, a Zap Zebra. That's a, a full electric car. Oh. On three wheels. Oh, a three wheeler. <laughs> it's a three. It's a three wheeler. It's considered a, a car, but it's got motorcycle. Pl- it's the oddest looking thing, but I don't drive it much anymore. Is it
0: street legal? Yeah. Oh, like you could take it to the Safeway and put the mm-hmm. groceries in the back.
1: Yeah, it's got a top speed of. 45 miles an
0: hour. Oh, so it wouldn't be legal on the freeway.
1: No, it's not. It's a glorified golf cart, as yeah, I call Yeah, that's what it. I was thinking. But Man. it's a three-wheeler? Yeah, it's got one wheel on the front. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, when, when I was a kid, my uncle was a golfer who golfed every day. And he had a gas-powered golf cart that he would drive to the golf course every day. Mm-hmm. And it was a three-wheeler in the old days. And those yeah. things tip over a lot. Yeah, you know, I think they've made them all four-wheelers now. Yeah, they're all four now. Yeah, because golf cart accidents have really hurt people. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes, they have.
0: <laughs> now, what kind of car does your wife drive, since you probably have to maintain it,
1: right? Um, She drives a Yukon Denali. Oh. GMC.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. I have
1: a uh, Yukon. A Yukon, yeah. yeah a regular GMC, Yukon. A yeah. great product, yeah.
0: Yeah. And that vehicle, uh, we're coming up on our third break in a minute, that vehicle had only forty thousand miles when I got it. This is how tight I am. I'm a CPA, I can help you too. (laughs) It had forty thousand miles when I got it and it was already twelve years old at the time. Wow. And now it's eighteen years old and it only has seventy thousand. So a lot of people have told me they want to find a Yukon with low mileage. But I'm not I'm not letting mine go. We're coming up on that last break. We'll be right back. Stay tuned to business buzz. It seems like every day I'm asked about vitamin D in the sun. The main question being, how much sunlight do I need to expose myself to get an adequate level of vitamin D? So my answer is simply, use your head need to and consult your primary care physician if you think you might be deficient in vitamin d i'm dr paul sabin and that's the skin you're in if you have skin care questions make an appointment today with dr paul sabin of north valley dermatology call dr
1: paul sabin today at 342-3686 again that's 342-3686 My name is Lola Silvestri, and I'm going to be 95 this year. I was very independent. I fell, and I had to have Meals on Wheels. America, let's do lunch.
0: One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating
1: your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council.
0: Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn CPA. I'm a frugal car buyer. I haven't bought a new car for I think 30 something years. I think it would be I don't know late 80s when I bought the last new one. I just I just don't like doing it uh, especially when they offer those warranties. With oh yeah, the used cars. I know we got a couple cars that had maybe ten or twelve thousand miles. I think they were former leases or something. Mm-hmm. And you know, you just save so much money. I, I just think it's kind of silly. Now, there's one category of people in the tax world that I will say are smart, and those are the ones that buy when if you need a large, heavy truck for work, you can actually deduct your work percentage of like a seventy thousand dollar pickup. Oh. if you use it for work. And you can write the whole thing off if you buy it at the end of December. Oh, wow. So I have contractor clients who, you know, they got a big tax bill because they had a good year. But -hmm. if they need a new truck, if they buy the right type of truck, and remember, don't take this as gospel. Uh, You got to call me if you have specific questions. Don't go buy the wrong kind of truck and say, well, Harold Littlejohn CPA said it was deductible (laughs) because there's lots of tricks to these rules. And that's why you need to consult with a tax pro and, there's a lot of good tax pros in Chico, and I think I'm one of them. So, but uh, the main thing about that is uh, there are reasons to buy new as far as tax breaks go, but sometimes it's just it just seems like it's a little too expensive for me. So, um, so what else can you tell us about the level of service at Scott & Smitty's that just pretty much, I mean, I'm sold on you guys for the last 20 years anyway. Mm -hmm. but what could you tell a a new listener about why they should at least try Scott and Smitty's next time they need some car repairs?
1: Well, in the front we have Lewis who is very good with people and friendly. And we have Becky who because Scott and Smitty's is still in the family. Right. And, um, she's great. Probably one of the nicest people I've ever known. Yeah, I agree.
0: I've known her for a while now.
1: Yeah. She's, she's a sweetheart. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, uh, she, we give rides if people want to drop off their car.
0: That's a great point. I forgot to mm-hmm. mention that. There's been so many times where I just don't have time to deal with the Uber or try to figure out a ride. And Scott and Smitty's will offer you that ride when you need one.
1: Yeah. And pickup too. Yeah. And sometimes we have people actually, you know, they'll schedule a car for during a movie time, you know, and they'll bring right. it and drop it out and we'll, we'll drop them off at the movies or pick them right. up after if right. they want. And.
0: You know, that reminds me, the last time I was in there, I had to get a smog. check. I actually had a, it was my Yukon, mm-hmm. and I had paid for the DMV at the AAA a couple of days before, but then I found out at that point I needed a smog. Yeah. And I came in that morning about 8.15 or 8.30, and I was saying, well, I'll need a ride and I'll come back at 11 or something. And uh, I think it was Cody was there, and he said, hey, you want to just wait? And I waited 15 or 20 minutes, and it was all done. I didn't even have to go back and forth.
1: Yeah, it's it's gotten a lot faster. New right. E- new equipment, Yep.
0: You've got all the latest. Of course, being a STAR-certified smog station, you've got it. Yeah, we have to. Now, yeah. are there regulations as to how much somebody can charge for a smog inspection? Because the certificate is part of it. Correct. But can the shop decide on the rest of it?
1: Yeah, the shop can... Make the price whatever they want. Okay.
0: So, if like if you're at a Rolls Royce dealer in Beverly Hills, you might pay a lot more.
1: Yeah, possibly. Possibly. And and dealerships (laughs) tend to be a lot more because they they tend not to really want to do them. Right. Because you don't smog cars that are five years old or newer. They have to get to the six year mark. And so.
0: Oh, right. The brand. I haven't had a new car for so long. I forgot that you don't even smog them for what, five years? Yeah, five years. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So they don't even want to do them. So they bring their prices up a lot of times to. Yeah, they just don't it. want
0: to deal with it. Yeah, if you're paying rent down in you know Beverly or uh, you know Rodeo Drive, mm-hmm. you're not going to want to do a thirty dollars smog job
1: no. all day long.
0: Now, this is a great topic that I just segued into because I'm very curious, and I've had other people talk about this with me. What's the deal with these people who claim to be European experts? And I'm not mentioning names because I don't have any knowledge of any of these people but i've had clients tell me how expensive it is at certain shops is there really such a thing as a european expert or could that have to do with european diesels they might specialize in
1: um the european experts i i know a few of these shops and stuff and and they are they 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 do specialize in just certain cars. That's all they want to work on. That's all they want to work on. But
0: Scott & Smitty's also would service somebody's Mercedes or Volkswagen. Oh, yes. That's what the point I was trying to get to is that if you have a European car, that doesn't mean you have to look for a European shop. Correct. Right. Yeah. You guys do all the different, especially gas-powered
1: vehicles. Especially gas-powered, yes. right.
0: And – but the parts can be more just because it's a Mercedes part. I mean, that's not yes. going to change no matter where you go, right?
1: No, no. They're always going to be expensive.
0: Now, do most, we were talking about hourly rates earlier and why it's, you know, why it seems expensive. Would all shops use the same guidelines or do they just set their own rate and is it required to put it on the wall, what the hourly rate is? What, how yeah. do those
1: rules work? It is required. We're, we All shops are governed by the Bureau of Automotive Repair. Right. And So we have to have signs that, that state our labor rates and, and uh, different rates for different things like brake and lamp, lamp and inspections. Each shop can set its own rate. Okay. So if some guy wants. wants
0: to be 300 an hour minimum. Sure. But he has to post that. Yes. Okay. That's the catch. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And as far as estimates go... Am I correct, and I believe this is the way Scott and Smitty's works, it wouldn't pay for you guys to offer completely free estimates, but if I have you diagnose something, and I, if I don't get the work done, I might owe you 50 or 60 bucks, but if I do do the work, it goes into the cost of the work. Is that sort of the way it normally works, or... Are you directly involved in the billing side or are you mainly the mechanic?
1: Um, I'm mainly the mechanic side okay. of it. So you might so, not even know the answer to all those technical
0: yeah. billing questions.
1: Yeah, a lot of times if you have, um, like, a lot of times a car will come in, let's say, like we talked about earlier with the check engine light on. Right. We have a fee to check that out and find out exactly what's wrong. Right. Now, if it's something minor, more minor, and we just do right. it within an right. hour, so right. we not don't charge add anymore. On. Right. Yeah, we right. won't add anymore. Right.
0: Okay. And one of the things I've learned with check engine light is my favorite one is the only thing wrong was the gas cap wasn't tight enough. Yes. And oxygen got into the gas or something or got into the system somewhere.
1: Yeah. You've heard of that one because it's happened to me. Many times. And, and, And people get frustrated because... They don't realize that, well, to find out that the gas cap was the problem, we have to pressurize the whole system and go through it and make sure that everything else is
0: good. Right. So even though it was a simple fix, you right. wouldn't know that until you diagnose things. Correct. Right. And sometimes you do need a new gas cap, right, if the seal isn't doing well. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, I mean, there has been one time that I did drive off from the gas station with my gas cap hanging. Oh. And the wind did. Take it away. Oh, it did? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was out of town, and I actually uh, just looked up. First, I went to the auto parts store and just got a bad-looking gas cap to fit. Mm-hmm. Then I went on eBay and found the exact Hummer H3 gas cap for about 15 bucks. Yeah. So it worked out fine.
1: And sometimes it's better to go with the dealer gas caps. Right, right. They, um, Lewis is pretty good. He comes out with a customer when they have a check engine line. And a lot of times, he'll just... Feel their gas cap and if it's loose, they'll tighten it up and he'll tell the customer, you know, let's just clear it and take it for a drive. If it comes back on, then it's come something on else, back. Right. Yeah. But sometimes that can be it. That can just be it, and then the customer's happy and they don't have to come back.
0: Now as far as smog checks go, you guys don't you have some strict rules about retesting? How does that work? Like um, let's say a guy comes in with an old car and it's not doing well and it doesn't pass. Mm-hmm. Is there rules that you guys can or can't retest it too soon or something? Or
1: no, we can retest it at any time. And of course, it'd have to be after it was repaired. Um, well, what
0: if what if what if he just needed like a tank of better premium gas? Is that sometimes the case?
1: Yes, yeah. Sometimes, uh, a lot of times we'll get older cars. Or here's a good example: is a motorhome. Somebody who puts 300 miles on in two years and cause, it sits and it sits right. And they come in, and it fails the tailpipe because it's got old gas in it. We'll tell them, fill it with premium, go drive it, put some miles on it, and come back, and a lot of times they'll pass. Yeah. It's
0: it's an easy fix. I just wonder about some of those places that say pass or you don't pay. Do you guys offer that?
1: No, we do not. And I don't know of any in Chico anymore that do that. Okay, I mean, I've heard this Mm -hmm. expression. I don't remember where I saw that. And, And a lot of times if your car doesn't, Pass and you have us repair it. Of course, we don't charge to retest it, so it's kind of the same thing. You're only paying for one smog, right?
0: You'll only pay for one smog. Yes. But unfortunately, sometimes the smog check—I mean, the smog problem—is caused by a catalytic converter.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, it could be. And sure. those
0: aren't those aren't cheap.
1: It depends on the year and the type of car, right? Exactly. Right. Um, I've seen them all the way down to two hundred dollars to as much as three thousand. Yeah, that's what I've found out. And
0: what I've noticed now, I have been, because my parents were, and I kind of was, and I still am basically an American car driver, Mm -hmm. but I have a lot of clients who tell me how much they love their Hondas and Toyotas that are very, very dependable for like two to 300,000 miles. Oh, sure. But the one car that I do own that is not American is the Mini Cooper, Mm-hmm. And I have noticed that every time something goes wrong with that, it's always a little more expensive than other cars.
1: Yeah, it's it, being European and all that. It can be. I mean, Mini Cooper is originally British, and, right? And it still is technically, but it's actually owned by
0: BMW, right? And didn't wasn't it a British Motors BMW uh, partnership thing or something? Or yeah, or I think B, so. I think
1: BMW actually bought bought Mini, the Mini, but it's made. still made by.
0: Is it still made in England or yes? In, I yeah. believe so, yes. The other interesting one, one of my clients who's got a lot of dough, obviously, bought a Bentley, Ooh. and I believe somebody told me Bentley has been bought by Volkswagen. Have you heard that? That Bentley is no longer Rolls-Royce. That's what I heard. Right,
1: yeah, because they were the same company. Right,
0: it used to be Bentley was just a, a version of Rolls-Royce with that different grill in the old days.
1: Yeah, the Bentley was considered the car you drive, and the Rolls was considered the car you were driven in.
0: Right, okay. <laughs> That's that, the way they were. That, but. That'd be nice to have learned that. Did you ever work on those when you were in Europe?
1: Uh, no, but I did here. I worked on a couple of Rolls Royces. And oh, you worked on them here? Yeah.
0: There used mm-hmm. to be a couple around town I would see. In mm-hmm. fact, there was one for sale on Vallambrosia that I noticed, but now mm-hmm. it's not there
1: anymore, so maybe it got sold. Yeah, there were some older Silver Shadows I worked on uh-huh. and um
0: What's look, the story on those? I mean, they get they don't get good mileage, do they? No. They have big engines, big V8s and stuff.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. I mean, in the old days the Rolls-Royces were all handmade. Right. And um but their drivetrain, the engine, tranny and all that stuff is usually taken from another company. A lot of their engines were Fords. And they're just slightly changed. The transmissions oh. were General Motors.
0: Now, what about when you see on a jet, en- a jet airplane, they say Rolls-Royce on the engines? Have those you are the old,
1: Those were the old, yeah, that was a true Rolls-Royce. Is that in the
0: older days? Mm-hmm. And did Rolls- yes. Rolls-Royce actually
1: manufacture, like, jet engines? Yes, they did. They oh, wow. And they did uh, prop engines, too, way back when.
0: Because Rolls-Royce is just, uh, we're coming up at the end of the show. Hey, uh, I'm going to break in right now to make sure we get some contact information. So... I'm going to tell them the phone number for Scott and Smitty's because I know it by heart. Scott and Smitty's is 342-1894, am I right? That is correct. And uh, you guys are open Monday through Friday. 8 to 5. 8 to Mm 5. You offer free rides. Yep. And people can call, make a reservation time. Anytime. Yeah.
1: Yeah, That's we also have a, a, a machine at night, so if they want to leave the message, we'll right. call them back in the morning.
0: And the other nice thing I've done with Scott & Smitty's is if I have a problem on the weekend or Sunday, I can have the tow truck driver put the keys through a slot, Yes. and they will drop off the car at Scott and & Smitty's, and then Monday morning they'll grab the keys and take a look for you. Yes, we will. Yeah. So it's just an all-around great shop, uh, great service, great people. Uh, Becky, the owner, is just like uh, Jason was saying, the nicest gal around. Uh, Lewis is completely knowledgeable and helpful. Jason and Cody, uh, they're always really fun to work with. And like I said the other day, I couldn't believe it. I got to sit there for 15 minutes and I was done. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> of course, you know, your business is like any other. You have real busy days, then things do slow down occasionally. Yeah. I probably caught you on a morning where you didn't have five other smog jobs. Right. Yeah. Which worked out well for me, but you know, just uh, everybody pretty much has to deal with car repairs. And why not keep it local? And why not try out a place that might be the place that you'll end up like me going for the next twenty-five years? I've been, I've been coming there for a long time, and it's always been a, always been a pleasant experience.
1: Oh yeah, we appreciate it.
0: So, um, as far as anything else to talk about, um, right here at the end, we don't have much time. Here comes our break. What's your best number one quick tip for good gas mileage?
1: Keep your tires inflated correctly.
0: All right. That's great because gas is creeping up, so we all got to watch it. Well, thanks for listening to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. Thanks to Jason Snelson from Scott & Smitty's. We'll see you next time. Come back to Business Buzz. Bye-bye. KKXX, Paradise, K280GL, Chico, and K283AR, Chico, Yuba City, Marysville.
1: With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. A former top aide of the Senate Intelligence Committee pleads not guilty to charges of lying to the FBI. James Wolfe, who entered his plea during his arraignment in federal court in Washington, D.C., was charged with lying to the FBI about his contact with reporters, Wolf served 29 years as the director of security for the Senate Intelligence Committee. He was indicted last week as part of the Justice Department's investigation into the leaking of classified information. Journalists and free press advocates decried the Justice Department's actions, which involved seizing phone and email records from a New York Times reporter with whom Wolf had had a three-year relationship. Wolf has said he did not act as a source to that reporter during that time. Linda Kenyon, Capitol Hill. There's reaction to President Trump's announcement that there is no longer a nuclear threat from North Korea. House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi says President Trump cannot simply dismiss the threat from North Korea. These
0: are long-term, serious discussions that have to take place.